from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And we are back today with 3F Living and, of course, the founder and CEO, Lindsay Joyce herself, joining us live here on the podcast and Zoomcast from beautiful New York City. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Hi, Jill. Thanks so much for having me back today. Pleasure to have you. Any late start for the kids today with the snow? <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> yeah, out on Long Island, we did a two-hour delay. I, I was wondering. <laughs> Yeah, no, they cleared out pretty quickly. and We didn't get hit too bad, actually, here. So. I know. We're staying out here on Long Island, but pleasure to have you back here. Um, let's you. talk about 3F Living. Please introduce yourself and company to our listeners today. Sure. So I'm Lindsay Joyce. I'm the founder and CEO of 3F Living. It's an architecture and interior design company here in New York City that I run with my husband, Tomek Gill. He's the architect. And we really help our clients navigate the renovation process from the initial design through move-in day with the help of us doing the project coordination and owner's representation through the construction process. It really helps to ensure that our clients get a personal and meaningful environment. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here again. And let's remind everyone of the website uh, to reach out to you. It's 3fliving.com. And as you mentioned, architecture, interior design, all in one. Uh, You're based on the Upper East Side of Manhattan at 72nd Street and 1st Avenue. And uh, project-wise, you're working in the tri-state area? We do. Yeah, we work basically in Manhattan and in Brooklyn and also in Queens, just the boroughs pretty much. Sometimes, depending on the client and the scale of the work, we will work in like the Berkshires or the Hamptons. We've even flown to, you know, Arizona for a client. It just depends on the scale of the project. But the good thing is, is that one thing that came out of COVID was that we figured out how to do kind of a digital package. So we are able to at least help design wise Mm -hmm. with people in other states. We just can't be there to manage the project, unfortunately. Well, let's talk. I mean, last week we got to get to know you and uh, a lot of the work you do. uh, And you've been really interested in design your whole life. So uh, for Mm -hmm. those new listeners today, just tell us a little bit of your background and then we'll get started on the area of focus for today's show, which is... It is renovating in New York City, talking about the process and how do you go about it and frequently asked questions. Beautiful. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) So, I mean, a little bit about me is that I've always been interested in interior design from a very early age. Um, In doing so, I went to school in the city. I went to New York School of Interior Design where I got a BFA while I was in college. I actually had my own interior design TV show on the Wii uh, Network, which was called She House. That was fun. It was a great experience from that type of background. And then after that, I wanted to really focus in on uh, getting a corporate experience. And I ended up working at HOK, um, which is an architecture, an international architecture company where I focused in healthcare design and worked on some really larger scale projects. And then as I got that corporate experience, I left in 2012 and started 3F Living. And 3F Living has gone through kind of, you know, over the last 10 years, it has started as a what we thought to be a showroom where we're going to sell furniture and do kitchen and bath design to now being a fully architecture, interior design, 
project coordination owners representation company. And that is really due to the help of having, uh, you know, my partner and husband, Tomek, who is the amazing. Now, I mean, okay, yeah. now we're talking uh, renovation here in New yeah. York City. And you always think about tight space. You think about, um, you know, making the most use out of space, which I'm sure we'll get to today. But my other question is, what is New York City like for permits for construction? Okay, oh. I'm confused how that works because <laughs> it's a nightmare on Long Island. But New York City, I mean, how, how is that something you help them with the process of? I mean, we do. So, I mean, we definitely help them through that entire process. But, you know, it really starts with the initial buy of the apartment. You know, that's really and I, 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 I don't know if it's OK for me to just jump in with some fun real estate facts that really helps in that part of the process. So just some things to consider when you are buying in New York City, because we do work alongside real estate agents. We also share a storefront space with a real estate um, office, uh, Next Stop New York, and we okay. also work with Corcoran and the other ones. But, um, you know, some things to keep in mind is that when you're looking to buy in the city, you have to put typically 20 to 30% down in terms of an asking, but in terms of the deposit, you also should know that 75% of Manhattan is a co-op, which means that they have a huge hand in what you can do and what you can't do. And that really goes into renovating. So not just with the, you know, approval to buy a home, but also to renovate. And that's a whole other part that, you know, has to do with permitting and uh, what the building would allow you to do. Um, Another thing to consider in terms of if you want to renovate in the city and you are buying and knowing that you're looking for a fixer upper, you should know that going through that process, you have to make sure that your debt to income ratio is about 28%. And that's just to kind of purchase the, the, um, the home. Um, and a lot of times when people are looking for fixer uppers and knowing that they're going into that process, a frequently asked question is, when do we bring in the architect? Like, when do we bring in the design team? And like, what is the best time to do that? Um, And a lot of times people will engage with us a little too late in the process. And then they want to make sure everything's done very quickly. But one thing (laughs) to kind of time is money, time is money. So, you know, one thing to really um, consider is that once you have an accepted offer on your property and you're starting to get into contracts, Um, while the lawyers are kind of, you know, duking it out between the two sides and adding terms and conditions, that's really the time to start engaging. Because in the city, it might be, I I know that it's different um, outside the city, but in the city, it takes about three months just to close on a property, Um, sometimes even longer. Um, And a lot of that has to do with going through the co-op approval process with the board. And um, usually when clients are getting into contract within the properties, that's when it's the best time to engage with an architect because an or design team to bring us in to do a walkthrough to see what can you do, what can't you do based on where things are located. You know, a lot of clients will want to expand out the kitchen, but you may have a column, you may have a building vent, you may have things that are in the way, or just based on our knowledge, you know, expanding wet over dry is a big thing in the city. And it has nothing to do with code or permitting. It has to do with co-op building rules and regulations. So there's always kind of those things to kind of work through once you have that accepted offer. 
Um, and a few things that we ask the clients to kind of negotiate within those contracts just to purchase the place is to um, add in a few site visits um, in that contract. Um, so that the, uh, the so that the seller allows you to have the architect have access to the unit to take a site survey and also start on the plans. And that's a way that we're able to really help our clients um, kind of work in tandem. So after they have board approval, ideally they close 30 days after board approval because that allows us enough time to get all the documents together to submit to their co-op board. Got it. So that's, All right. That's a lot. Yeah. People I, think they want yeah. everything quick, done, quick, quick, quick. And then it's like, okay, yeah. well, there is a process, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's extremely, um, it's extremely detailed and very, you know, red tape uh, to kind of get through these things. And not every building is the same. Um, but once you kind of get through that co-op board process, which is something that we do, um, once we're engaged with a, with, a, with a client through our phase one service, which is basically design mm -hmm. and architecture, um, we there's, there's a few things to kind of know is that we have to go through the co-op board. The co-op board has their own architect that represents them. And you as a shareholder would have a, a you know, an architect and design team that would represent you. And we would essentially put together your alteration agreement. Every building's a little different, but we have plans that we put together. And that typically that process takes about four to six weeks. And that's why we kind of like to start that process before the client closes on their unit. Um, another thing is that we do have clients that have lived in their apartment for a really long time. And they're like, all right, I've lived here forever and now I want to renovate. <laughs> and so they don't have to go through the whole red tape in the beginning. They do have to go through the co-op process, but at least they don't have to deal with everything all at once with buying and renovating and then moving in. So um, through that co-op review process, uh, it's usually a back and forth. And while the architects are kind of duking it out in a way <laughs> to kind of get approvals and get the client everything that they want, uh, we, as the designers, we start taking them to showrooms, picking out tiles, developing the design details of the, you know, of the space. Um, the other thing that we do that's so important during this process is to really bid out the project. So while things are kind of waiting for approvals and going back and forth with the architecture team, we are able to start defining the scope of the work, putting, getting bids together from our contractors. We have five preferred contractors that we work with. We can work with anybody, but we do like working with people that we know because we've kind of vetted them out through the years and we know that we can stand by their work. And, um, and that's our process to at least help our clients understand what the cost is of their project while it's under review. Got it. And by the way, let's remind everyone of how we can reach you. Uh, website, phone number, and all that information, and then we'll, con we'll continue. <clears throat> sure. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram. You can follow us at 3F Living. You can also go to our website, www.3fliving.com. You can also email us at info at 3fliving.com. Perfect. All right. Let's continue our renovation in New York City. Um, yes. Big process, I'm sure, clearly. Yes. All right. Yes. Go ahead. What's next on the agenda for it? 
So after we've gone through the co-op review, ideally, and this is part of our nine-step kind of initiative. So when we sign on a client, we've developed this template that essentially helps our client understand the expectations of us as the design team, but also the expectations of them so that they feel in control and also comfortable with where they are because a lot of people just don't like to wait. And I get this myself, you know, I've, I've, you know, uh, five years ago, we bought our first place in the city and we renovated it and went through the whole process. And even from the time of buying a place in the city, we um, going through that co-op approval process just to purchase, they made us put 30% down because we work for ourselves and that we're looked at as more of like a liability to, to, you know, purchase in the city. So co-op boards really have a lot of control on everything that kind of happens. And we understand that process from a personal standpoint, but also from a business standpoint. So we get that there's a lot to it. So we've developed I would say in the last, more recently, in the last six months, we decided to give almost like a handbook to our clients because we can send emails and we can create calendars and everything, but to give them something to manage the entire expectation, like a checklist in a way, this is what we're doing week one, two, three, to get us to approvals. And we've really found that this template and that this handbook really creates a great story and a great conversation back and forth between our clients and us. And it also helps them with managing the expectations on what's to come. And we don't get ahead of ourselves either and overwhelmed. So um, so in that process, while the co-op board is reviewing, we are bidding out the project. We're also um, selecting all the finishes And by the time it goes back and forth with the co-op board architect and us, it's usually two to three rounds. So that could be anywhere between four to eight weeks. So that's kind of a big variable, but it just depends on, you know, how quickly the board gets back to us. And usually at the end of getting the co-op approval, that's when we've already selected our contractor. We pretty much know the finishes that we're going to purchase and we're ready to submit to DOB. And now that's an entirely new process and it depends on whether your building is landmarked. Um, if your building's landmarked, you have to go through a LPC, which is the oh landmark preservation. I never thought about I know. that. It's wow. like, it's because like so much, I mean, even on like the Upper West Side in, you know, Greenwich Village and all of those areas are landmarked and they want to make sure that, you know, you're not cutting wow. holes into yeah, <laughs> the spot changing windows where they shouldn't be changed, you know, all the things that makes New York City amazing and historical, and they want to preserve that. Wow. So that's, you know, that's like a whole nother kind of um, red tape to get through. But we get through LPC, and then we go to DOB, which is Department of Buildings of New York City. And there is a review process that actually has been expedited since COVID. Mm-hmm. It used to be that, you know, you would hire an architect and an expediter and 
they would have to go down and hand deliver everything to like the clerk and then she processes it and it comes back to you and then you know it goes to somebody else and now the, the snail mail you know i'm air quoting but it is it doesn't exist anymore everything's digital and so that process used to be it, it could have been you know three months of waiting for approvals and now it's like two to three weeks at the most so it's really more of the co-op board that you're you know that that is what's taking more of the bulk of the time than it is with the ob now obviously that depends on what you're doing um but most of the time for interior full gut combination renovations it's usually just you know a few weeks in dob and then you get approval and then Yay! you're able to start <laughs> construction wow what a wow so yeah and that whole process um can i would say is... averaging three months usually yeah. of that from initial well, hiring an architect co-op dob and then you have approvals well what happened now with covid uh wasn't and hasn't there been a huge increase in expense of materials and then getting it even like wood and regular lumber stuff could you discuss that and how it's impacted your business and clearly your clients needs who want 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 now 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 <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, it. so luckily we do have these relationships with these contractors that we've developed through the years. So one thing that we saw was a, like, are you available? Like that has never really been an issue. It's like, you know, everybody got kind of backed up um, once construction was able to start again. And then contractors were taking on so many jobs all at once that they were getting overwhelmed, backed up but still wanting to take on because who knew when the next surge was going to happen and then everything was going to shut down again. So there was a lot of that going on between 20, you know, 2020 to 2021. And then 2022, we, it started to level out in terms of the availability of contractors. So that was one thing that we were kind of, you know, going against. The other thing with uh, with uh, with wood, you know, it also has to do with the war that was going on. There's a lot of things that are produced overseas that just weren't coming over. And a lot of that has to do with lumber. And, um, you know, I mean, white oak, European white oak is such a, a, a big hot thing at the moment. And it was, you know, nobody could get it. Um, and production slowed down by almost 60% overseas if not stopped for like months at a time so you know i think that a lot of companies that we were working with like we work with a flooring company state-of-the-art wood flooring and they really started to expand their own kind of um uh um factories here to see what kind of capabilities that they had were they able to do in the city you know in or around the city um to just kind of save on costs and things but the lumber and all of that is leveling out, I think, more now. And I would say now the issue is appliances. Trying to get appliances. Really? really? Oh, my God. Absolutely. So I have clients that had purchased um, fridges and, and um, I'd say the, frid the refrigeration and the, the cooking, like the ranges, mm -hmm. the cooktops, the, those ovens not dishwashers, not those other things, but really that the cooking and the refrigeration has been so backed up. I've had clients that purchased last November and are just getting their fridge this January, February. 
And that was, oh, I mean, it was, and it was like, you know, you couldn't plan for that. And we had placed all these orders thinking that, you know, even clients that were stopped during COVID, um, we placed the orders and we thought, okay, six months. All right. That's fine. No, it was like 18 months. It was 16 months delay. So that's what we're still seeing a significant backlog of. But I feel like that the lumber prices have gone down, not a lot. Everything jumped up by like 20 to 30%. It's gone down like maybe 5 to 8% in the last six months. So it's getting better, but it's very slow. Amazing. Wow. Let me just ask, I mean, when people are doing renovations in the city, I just, uh, help me out, okay? I used to live in the city. I rented apartments years ago, but um, it's kind of small. Like, if you have a home, you can maybe move to the other side. and Do do people move out during a renovation, or do you work around their living space? That's got to be a big issue, too. Do they have somewhere else to go? Absolutely. That's a great question. So, it really depends on the type of client, right? So, if we have a client that is purchasing an apartment, they haven't moved in yet. They want to start renovating. They don't want to move in. And so one thing that they do is they consider the, um, when they're purchasing the apartment, they usually end up finding a rental for a year or at least nine months. Cause I always tell everybody this process, it's going to take you probably nine months, just like giving birth. It is exciting in the beginning. <laughs> it's a little stressful towards the end. And then you just want it done. And then you forget it even happened and you want to do it again. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you're like, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's, it's a long, described it's a, the right way. Yes, totally. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long process, but um, clients do consider doing, you know, rentals. So especially if you're doing a full gut renovation, Mm -hmm. you definitely can't live there. So usually they're considering that when they're buying to renovate and then move in. Clients that are coming to us that already own the space and they've lived there for a while and let's say they want to do a full gut, but they want to span it over some time. So depending on how many bathrooms they have, sometimes they'll say, okay, we'll leave for a month. You guys demo the kitchen. And then we'll come back and we'll just, you know, we'll just order in whatever. We still have a bathroom and then we do the bathroom. So it's a project that, you know, they have a choice where they could move out rent for two to three months Mm -hmm. and we would do the kitchen bathrooms and it would be all in, you know, one and done. Or if it's about saving the money of the rental, which is expensive, then we can always phase out that project, but just know it's going to take twice or three times, you know, the time to do it in. Now, wait. now imagine being pregnant and renovating. Has that happened to you? Were you in it? <laughs> I have a really funny story. So I was actually pregnant at the time and I had a client, a, a young couple with their first child who was also pregnant. She was going to give birth one month after me. Okay. So and we were renovating. They were combining their units. <laughs> And we were both pregnant, you know, I'm like managing the project on the job site fully, like, you know, eight months pregnant, she's there going through it. It's always the stress of getting in and we made it, we made it in by my due date was a month before hers, which was amazing. (laughs) And, um, and, and the funny thing is, is that, you know, they moved in, they were super happy. And then about Uh four or five months later, we end up seeing them on like a, on like the, the boat that goes between, uh, um, 
Brooklyn and and New York randomly with both of our like newborns <laughs> and we became friends and now our kids are friends and we like vacation together it's like going through that process was just oh my gosh we want it done we know it can get done and I think because we were you know on the same page and, and understanding it from you know both sides of it that it it just bonded us wow <laughs> over amazing. the time amazing. yeah yeah Wow. That does happen a lot. That that does happen a lot. And, you know, we, we understand the pressure of that and holding the milestone dates. That's the other reason why we really like to work with the contractors that we work with, because we trust that, like, if we if they say if we say, like, listen, you have to be in by the state, we know that they will throw everything yeah. into it. Now, curveballs happen of and course. you have to deal with it. Um, which is like a whole nother thing in the city, you know, and dealing with those curveballs. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I, that's the one thing that I do like about our consultants and our preferred vendors is that, um, they really hold true to, to keeping that date as best as they can. So. Beautiful. Well, we still have uh, four, five minutes left in the show. So what else do you want to share about uh, renovation again? 3F Living, we're here talking to the owner and, uh, it's been a great conversation today. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. We got a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, so curveballs let's talk about that since we just kind of you know spoke about it it is something that does come up a lot um especially in the beginning of the project with these with clients they'll say well what's going to happen if if you know if we can't do this or if we can't do that or like what are the curveballs that we should be aware of and you know really you could open up a wall and you can find a column that even if we've renovated in the building on a different floor is slightly different size and or if there's like a random pipe somewhere if there's asbestos that has to get abated sometimes we will um, get approval to expand wood over dry which is like a big thing in the city to kind of expand out your bathroom size because they're all so small as you know and so anyway that you can expand out add a washer and dryer or something like that we try to do and we've actually had this happen where we've opened up everything and we found out that to tap into the line, we have to go to the unit below and go through their ceiling. So then that's a whole process with getting the oh you know downstairs gosh. neighbor and permission to allow and that. buying them out. <laughs> yes, got to be something you said in it. for you that. Said it, you have to. It's not you got to inconvenience them and you got to pay. So yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, those are the curveballs that obviously we can do as much research as possible. We can work in the building for years and still find these random things that come up that is isolated to just this one unit because people have renovated in the city prior to DOB enforcing rules and regulations. So sometimes you're buying a property that had maybe illegal work done in it before you get in and see what had been done previously, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you just never know. And as a homeowner, <laughs> you don't know. Like, I moved into this house on Long Island. Everything was signed up. Everything is fine. I thought my inspector. Then all of a sudden, I get in trouble that there's a wall in my basement that shouldn't be there. And I'm like, what? Like, how am I supposed to know this wall that's there <laughs> is not supposed to be there because it's blocking and it's a fire hazard? I said, I had an inspector. I had a, a realtor. I How am I supposed to know? So then years later, I get in trouble for it and I have to pay the price now mm-hmm. to remove the wall. I'm like, that's just 
but that happens a lot, right? Like it happens all the time. We had a client a few years ago that bought a property that was a what he thought was a legal combination. So it it was already combined um, two lines, and they just reached out to us to to basically open up and have a, a larger kitchen. So we were just doing kind of like a kitchen slash a few other you know general areas of construction. And as we were going through the process, Tomek, you know, realized that this is not this is not legally combined. So they bought a property property that was not legally combined that then we had to go through the legalization with DOB for them, which actually we this happens a lot. And then we were able to file for the kitchen renovation. But you know, they didn't know that. And then they had to pay civil penalties and and fines because of that, just the property that they bought. So oh. it's important to have a lawyer to do their due diligence and really look into of course, the legalization. Of yeah. All right. Well, at this time, we must go. Remind us how we can reach you, please. And looking forward to the next time we get to continue this. <laughs> uh, sure. So you can go to our website, www.3fliving.com. You can follow us on Instagram at 3fliving, or you can email us at um, info at 3fliving.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us and looking forward to the next time we connect. Have a great yes. day, sweetheart. And uh, Thank you. Uh, enjoy the weather. Uh, hopefully warm Thanks. up soon. <laughs> Thank you. <honey>. Bye bye. <laughs> Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.